How we doing, Spacks Attack fans? We are here, no doubt. We got some great interview coming up. You guys see the tickers right above me. Flex, flex for the SPAC squad, because we're here today. SPACs attack, baby. Let's get the show started. What's going on, traders out there? Just want to give you a heads up. We did not want to start late, but looks like there's another stream going on right now. So they are loyal fans. You guys know we're, we're usually on time kind of guys. But let me bring on my brains to the show. Chris, catch it. Hey, what's going on, Mitch? Yeah, uh, you know, starting a little late today, but we're going to go ahead and get going here, um, get into headlines, and then hopefully start our interview soon. I know there's a lot of people here excited about that interview, a lot of people reaching out on Twitter as well. This is a big one, guys. We have Dr. Jonathan Rothberg coming on later. He's the founder of many companies, two of those companies which have gone public via SPAC, uh, Butterfly Network and quantum size. So we'll dive into that a little bit later. But without further ado, let's get started with some headlines here uh, to what, kick off what? the show. Did you say take us back to the headlines, Chris? <laughs> All right. So up first, a couple analyst notes. So we have Clove, C-L-O-V. Uh, there's going to be some hate out there for this one, but Bank of America analysts downgrading shares of Clover Health to underperform from a neutral rating, uh, keeping a price target of $10. Obviously, we've talked about Clove a lot. This thing has been moving, uh, you know, with retail traders, short interest. But uh, remember, this was a under $10 stock for a long time. So analysts, you know, not impressed with uh, no new news out from this company. Then we have Bark, B-A-R-K. Jeffrey's initiating coverage with a buy rating, a price target of $14. This one's also starting to pick up chatter as a retail trade, a possible favorite. Um, I do own shares of B-A-R-K. I have uh, since the SPAC deal, S-T-I-C. Uh, keep an eye on this one. Uh, it looks like it hit 13.50 earlier today. Now at about 12.25, um, but we'll see where this one ends the day at. Lordstown Motors, R-I-D-E. Uh, Morgan Stanley uh, throwing in the towel, uh, pulling an underweight rating, and just saying that they they can't even issue a, a positive or negative rating on the stock. They have a bear price target of a dollar. A base price target of $8 and a bull price target of $25, but are providing no rating on the stock. Uh, and then we have HIMS, H I M S, HIMS and HERS, uh, which already has uh, backing from Jennifer Lopez, Alex Rodriguez. You've probably seen the J Lo commercials by now. Uh, it looks like it might be a party in the USA for HIMS. They announced a deal with Miley Cyrus. She's going to be a creative advisor. So in that role, she's going to collaborate with the company, 
for a new line of prescription skincare products and also launching a series of new advertising campaign and social content. I think that's the key there. Miley Cyrus, well-known, and she's going to be part of that marketing campaign for the company. So keep an eye out on this one. We had some earnings. We have Latch, LTCH, reporting revenue of $6.6 million, up 143%. Bookings of $71.7 million, up 89% year over year. Uh, and guidance coming in at a range of 47 million to 51 million for revenue and bookings of 290 to 325 million dollars. And then Cano Health, C A N O, first quarter sales, 280.1 million dollars, up 107%, 116,895 members, up 91% year over year. Uh, they see sales hitting 1.4 to 1.5 billion dollars for the full year. Uh, this is one that recently completed that SPAC deal, so keep an eye out. Then NEBC, which is bringing Rover public, the dog walking and uh, uh, pet overnight accommodation and during the day company, revenue of uh, 100 to $105 million now anticipated for the full fiscal year Prior guidance was $97 million, so a, a decent increase there. Keep an eye out. Then we have Soaring Eagle, SRNG, getting some love uh, from Whitney Tilson yesterday with a buy recommendation. Um, you know, obviously, everyone knows that I've been bullish on this one for a long time. I do own shares, uh, but keep an eye out. SRNG now getting some love out there. Uh, and then we have uh, Kappa, that merger with QuantumSci was approved. The new ticker will be QSI. Uh, we're going to dive into that, of course, later on with Dr. Jonathan Rothberg. The other merger approved yesterday, THBR uh, with Indy Semiconductor. New ticker will be INDI. That's a semiconductor uh, stock to watch. We have RACA setting a vote date of June 29th. We'll add that to our calendar. And then got to give a shout out to uh, one of the uh, former guests on our show, Matt Tuttle. Uh, he will be ringing the bell at the New York Stock Exchange at close today. Uh, he, of course, launched SPCX, a SPAC ETF previously, and then recently launched two new DSPAC ETFs, DSPC and GOGU. We're going to have Matt Tuttle on the show next week. So very excited to talk, you know, DSPACs and what's ahead. But shout out to him for ringing the bell later today. Our two deals yesterday, KCAC shares down 2% and KVSA down 3% on those deal announcements. Our big rumor out there is a SPAC that I own and have talked about on the show many, many times, ZNTE. They are in talks with uh, Brazil's airline uh, Embraer uh, to merge the EVTOL arm with the SPAC. Um, Bloomberg reported that, and then uh, Embraer has confirmed that deal talks are ongoing. Um, so we'll see what happens. Should note that ERJ shares are up significantly, 15% uh, on that news, ZNTE up slightly. And then our one deal this morning, we have TMTS, that's Spartacus Acquisition Corporation, announcing a deal with NextNav, a leader in GPS. 
Um, the Gary Parsons, the former chairman of Sirius XM Radio, is the chairman of NextNav and will continue to lead the company. Valued at $1.2 billion, uh, it's going to help them expand their next generation three-dimensional geolocation platform. They're seeing a market target of $100 billion. Key customers right now include AT&T, Motorola, Epic Games, Joby Aviation, and others. Um, they Again, uh, GPS, they're targeting uh, sectors like indoor mapping, uh, rideshare, autonomous vehicles, public safety. Um, they enable the app economy. So revenue of $2 million this year, $24 million next year. And then they see $500 million by 2026 with uh, some of those future plans coming to fruition. Uh, so keep an eye out on this one, uh, Next Generation GPS Play. That's what I've got, Mitch, for headlines, that one deal. What What do you think? Uh, hims and hers, H-I-M-S, you think they're going to have a party in the USA with Miley Cyrus joining? Well, you know, uh, at the end of the day, I've been talking about it. People want to look good, baby. So, you know, if you're having a little bit of that uh, thinning out, I, I think the hymns, you know, can help it out, you know. And, and it's all about the influencers at the end of the day in this society. It's not necessarily about just talking about your product. You got, you got to have someone behind it, right? Yeah, you know? absolutely. If not, I mean... you could just come in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> I was trying to decide on which reference I wanted to use. If I wanted to talk about a wrecking ball or party in the USA, um, I chose party in the USA. But Mitch, thanks for helping me out there with that wrecking ball reference. Oh, I, I, got I think you, I, got I you. think we nailed the the two Miley songs that everyone knows best. So, but I I think we're gonna see Miley Cyrus commercials soon um, for hims and hers. I mean, I see the J Lo ones all the time, right? For the the skin cream, the hair products. Um, so excited to see what happens with that one. So what are you well, watching out there? It looks like you've got NEBC pulled up on the screen. Yeah. The, the Rover Rover raising their guidance. Um, I'm sure you're not surprised about that. I think you've been calling this one out. Um, I, I, you know, what do you think happens with this one now uh, post pandemic? You think the, the growth can keep up here? Yes, yes. This is definitely on my radar. Not only on my radar, Chris, as I heard you mention those numbers, guess who did? Guess who went in the back? Ding, 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 ding. I went on a little buy spree. I I, I went to go grab it. It's already going up. So be careful, guys. I grabbed it at 10.03 um, right here before you when you were go ahead and speak about it. Reason why? I believe in Rover. The summer, people are going to want to go visiting family around the world. You know, they haven't seen their, their family. They want to go on vacation. They just want to get out. And so a lot of that's going to be, you know, having some boarding, uh, overnight boarding, or just even just watching the dog for the day. I mean, we all know how our pets are. They're like kids to us. And I always call them fur babies. So I definitely think you're going to continue to see this trend continue moving forward. One of the things that I want to bring up really quickly before we get to our interview. Yes, we got our interview coming right up. VGAC up today. That's a pattern we've been talking about. We talked about it with the King, Julian Kamachko, and we've been talking about it for a while now, Chris. And it's looking like it's working because also the other one that he had mentioned, he wanted to see how it was going to perform. Look at CCX today. Look at that move. This was a stock that was hanging out, guys, at 1011. 
VGAC was hanging out at $9.99, guys. So definitely check this out. It's the new pattern that we're going to continue to watch to see if it continues moving. And as you know, when the, when the dogs go barking, it goes barking. There you go, bark. I know a lot of people have been talking about this one as a meme stock. So when the dogs come barking, you definitely see that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, all right. So now is time. It's looking like... Um, let me let me go ahead and, and take a look here. We should be getting into our interview right now. Let's go ahead and let's get right in, into it. It's about 11.22. We got a, a little bit about half an hour for this interview. So let's go ahead and let's try to get right into it. All right, guys. Yeah, so joining us on the show today, we have Dr. Jonathan Rothberg. He is the founder and chairman of Butterfly Network, which is ticker BFLY, which went public via SPAC. Also the founder of Quantum Psi, which recently completed its merger, ticker CAPA, but changing over to the new ticker QSI anytime now. Welcome to the show, Dr. Jonathan Rothberg. Uh, thank you. And uh, I loved your point on meme stocks because last <laughs> Thursday, last Thursday, Butterfly literally launched uh, to outer space. Yes, yes, I did see that. It, you know, and, and, and on I top was... of my favorite ship, I mean, can can you get better than SpaceX? I mean, you can't get better. I really don't think so. I mean, I always say partnerships with SpaceX. Let me know. Yeah, awesome. So, uh, you know, let's go ahead. Let's dive into some of these questions here. But before we get started on, you know, BFly and uh, Quantum Psi here, just wondering if you can give viewers a uh, background on yourself, Jonathan. I'm first and foremost a father. So every company I start is because of somebody I love and I want to have no regrets. So whether it was the invention of fast DNA sequencing or for the first time ever fast protein sequencing to do better research and diagnostics, I do it because of my children. Awesome. So, you know, along with uh, Butterfly and Quantum Psi, you also founded several other companies is there consideration here to to bring those companies public and you know is the spac route now the the preferred vent, venture uh, vehicle for yourself that's a great question everything i do is both a platform and as a platform you need applications and for the first time in history a spac gives you the resources to do that so for quantum si qsi we've been able to put $500 million in the bank. That allows us to invent a new field, protein sequencing for research and diagnostics, as well as have those killer applications in cancer and immunology. Before a SPAC, you could not finance enough to do both a platform and an application. And so we have uh, Liminal and Hyperfine and other companies that both have a platform, world's first portable MRI, world's first brain monitor, as well as the need to develop applications on them. 
Awesome. So, you know, you mentioned some of the the benefits of the SPAC route. Was there consideration for a traditional IPO for either Butterfly or QuantumSci, or was it not until, you know, we really saw SPACs take off over the last year that you thought, you know, the timing would be right to bring these companies public? Great question. In the term of Butterfly, sure, we were thinking of a traditional IPO, but by partnering with Glenview, we had a partner with, who was the largest investor in all the customers we wanted to reach. So SPACs, I first talk about giving you access to capital, half a billion dollars for Butterfly, half a billion dollars for Quantum SI, but they also give you partnerships. So with Quantum SI, there may be 500 SPACs, but there was only one that really understood our field. And that's why we went with Kappa, because they knew exactly what we needed to do, make the next generation of research tools, the next generation of diagnostics, and had been thinking about it themselves at High Cape for 20 years. So it's access to capital and it's access to a partner. And it's a partner that you could not hire. I could not hire Kevin Rakin. I could not hire uh, Larry Robbins, but you can partner with these people. And that's really what SPACs are about. They're about finding the right partner and creating something that's disruptive. We really are in each of our company, zero to one. We're creating new fields. At Butterfly, the world's first and only handheld whole body scanner. At Quantum SI, the first single molecule proteomics. What that means is we can tell you not what's going to happen, like when we invented DNA sequencing, but what is happening absolutely will transform research and diagnostics. So you mentioned some of those those key people involved with those SPACs, you know, that you can partner with now. Uh, along with that, we also have so, some rather well-known large names that are investors in the company. So we, of course, have Bill Gates. We've got ARC Funds, Kathy Wood, Bailey Gifford. Um, you know, bringing private companies public, do you think having those big name backers helps with validation and getting investors, you know, their eyes on companies like this? I think that has traditionally been true. But one of the things that really interests me, when we went to do the pipe for Quantum SI, each one of those teams, take Kathy Woods, for example, or T. Rowe Price, brought in two to three PhDs that were as knowledgeable as the experts that used to be at venture funds. So I wasn't talking to lay people when we were def defining and inventing uh, protein sequencing and quantum SI. I was talking to PhDs that were experts. So when we raised that $425 million in the pipe, we had talked to over 20 teams, each with two to three PhDs to validate what we were doing. So it's not just the name Kathy Wood uh, or Jim Tannenbaum at Foresight. It's the teams they bring to do the diligence. And it really has changed over, I'd say, literally the last year, where the teams that do diligence are the best in the world now in these pipes and in these SPAC transactions. Awesome. So let's go ahead. Let's dive into these two exciting companies that both went public. Uh, let's start with BFly here, Butterfly Network. So you already talked a little bit about it, um, you know, handheld ultrasound. 
give us some background on what exactly Butterfly Network is all about and why investors should be so excited about this company. Chris, the reason I love your questions is you really are focusing on the key differentiation. At Butterfly, and it's pretty interesting that I said, you know, we went up um, in a rocket ship with, with SpaceX. The reason that's interesting is it was semiconductors putting things on a chip that enabled the space program. And it was the financing of the space program that in, uh, enabled semiconductors. And both Butterfly and Quantum SI are building on a $3 trillion foundation in semiconductors to change the way things are done. So traditionally, you have a $100,000 cart and a half a dozen probes. Instead, we've put an entire ultrasound machine on a chip, just like people had put computing on a chip, just like people had put imaging on a chip. And when you put something on a chip, you get the power of Moore's law. It gets better for free, if you will. And you reduce cost 10 or 100-fold, or in the case of DNA sequencing, which we put on a chip, or protein sequencing, it can reduce costs hundreds of thousands or millions fold. And so it's really the magic of semiconductors that allows all of this. And so we've put an ultrasound on a chip. It makes it programmable. It makes it so anybody can use it. We add artificial intelligence. My son scanned the hearts of all of his cousins without any uh, guidance, except from the cell phone attached to the probe. So it's really about semiconductors and the magic of Moore's law. Yeah, that's that's awesome. You know, I, I remember when this deal was announced, seeing that technology, seeing these pictures, it, it looks so exciting. One of the things, you know, in the presentation is talking about that ultrasound market, which is dominated, you know, by some big names, General Electric, Philips. How does a company like Butterfly, you know, get hospitals to adopt to this new technology and, and, you know, maybe spend the money and make the change from what they're so accustomed to, to, to get butterfly networks into hospitals. One word convenience. So when we partnered with Larry Robbins, we were already selling by websites in over 20 countries directly to physicians, the same way that the iPhone went into enterprises. We started that way. Then we partnered with Larry Robbins, who's the biggest investor in most of the major healthcare systems. And our software is a generation easier to use and more convenient than the systems before. So places like University of Pennsylvania fell in love with our software. So even though every day I tell people we put an ultrasound on a chip, it's the software and the AI that makes it convenient that allows hospital systems to use it as well as individual physicians. So it's software with that hardware or as Apple taught us, owning that full stack that makes this so convenient that we've never competed with the big guys. People want this. They put their $200,000 carts in the corner and they take their $2,000 whole body scanner that anybody can use and they carry it with them while they can't find the carts. 
You know, you you mentioned the word convenience, and, and I got to then, of course, transition to what you alluded to. Uh, Butterfly Network went to space. Um, you know, we sent this portable ultrasound up there. I'm just wondering if you can give us some background. How did this come to fruition? Who approached who? And, you know, tell our viewers what exactly Butterfly is going to be helping with um, in space. Well, first of all, when you think about SpaceX, you do have to think about Mars and you have to think about 18 month missions. And on an 18 month mission, you must be self-sufficient. So the entire concept around Butterfly, why we're now working with over 100 NGOs and bringing imaging to the two thirds of the world that doesn't have it, is that ease of use. So we have fantastic ease of use and it's universal, it's whole body and it's connected. Remote doctors can guide it, remote doctors can analyze it. And if you have that 23 minute delay when you're at Mars, you have AI that can guide it and AI that can do the analysis. In terms of how it came about, it really is in our DNA, literally. I did the world's first individual genome, the Jim Watson genome with Baylor College of Medicine. And Baylor has always been a world leader in medicine and has been very involved with SpaceX. Also, Dr. John Martin, our CMO, is a huge fan of space exploration. So it was Baylor, it was NASA, it was SpaceX, and it was a common love to enable and empower people. One of the most fun things about this is I love using the world's world's first. We were the world's first DNA sequencing on a chip. We were the world's first ultrasound on a chip. We were the world's first protein sequencing. And now I can say, scratch world. It's the solar systems first. But it really is in all our DNA. Awesome. I, I love that you also brought some items to, to show us on the screen that helps with the demos here. So along with convenience, one of the things that Butterfly talked about was getting these ultrasounds, um, you know, into maybe some emerging markets and areas that don't have existing ultrasound technology. Can you talk to us a little bit about, about this and why it's so important for Butterfly Network? In order for any company to be successful, you have to have the best people in the world. I can tell you at Butterfly and Quantum SI, we have the best software people, best engineers, best commercial people in the world. Why? Because they're driven by a passion, a passion to bring health equity. In 1999, Doctors Without Borders won a Nobel Prize for their work. I aspire our teams to win a Nobel Prize for bringing imaging to the two thirds of the world that doesn't have it. But it's not just inspiration. We, as I'm speaking to you, have partnered with over 100 NGOs. Sure, the Gates Foundation is well known, but they're only one of the 100 foundations we're working with to make sure anywhere in the world, anyone can have access to medical imaging. And I wanna make it clear why that's important. While I love showing this probe, what's really important is two thirds of the time, imaging solves that medical mystery and allows us to help a patient. So we're saving lives as I'm talking to you. 
Awesome. And then one more thing for me to touch on here before I think Mitch is going to jump in with some questions um, on Butterfly. I noticed a partnership with uh, Sientra highlighted on that first quarter earnings presentation. Um, of course, a leader in the cosmetic and plastic surgery market. Can you talk a little bit about um, you know, how Butterfly helps Sientra and maybe some other partners that it has? I think I'll stay pretty generic on this. But one of the amazing things is when we go to a physician's office, we're all used to a stethoscope. But what we want to do is change the practice of care. So everybody at every visit is scanned. And I don't look at this as an ultrasound. I look at this as a smart window into the human body. If you look at our recent software releases, they're becoming more colorful. They're becoming more annotated. And it, if you will, they're becoming smarter. When you think about cosmetics, we want to change the standard of care. People shouldn't be doing and won't be doing these procedures without checking their work and making sure the patient has a good and safe recovery with ultrasound. So cosmetic surgery is just one example of changing that standard of care. We're in the vast majority, if not all, of the top 100 hospital systems because we're helping change the standard of care to reduce the cost of care. That's the key, and that links us to these 100 NGOs. If you can't reduce costs, you can't help people here, and you can't help people around the world. We're not looking to win at Butterfly or win at Quantum SI. We're looking for win-win with our partners. So cosmetics and cosmetic surgery has changed and is changing the standard of care so everybody wins. Definitely. I'm going to go ahead and jump in here now. One of the things that I wanted to talk about was the timeline, right? I know we started with IQ in, in 2018, but I want to talk about the timeline for Gen 3 and Gen 4 coming up. Um, how is that timeline looking? And also, how are these going to continue to revolutionize the industry? I, I love your question. The beautiful thing about putting something on a chip is not only does it get better with Moore's Law, but it gives you flexibility in form factor. So you first had your computing chip on a desktop, then a portable, now in your phone. We saw the same with imaging. Once this is on a chip, we only have to make one chip for multiple products. So sure, when you start, you have to give something somebody's familiar with. All the physicians around the world, 40 million healthcare practitioners who are our target market know what a probe is for ultrasound. They're just used to having a cart attached to it. We lost the cart and we attach it to a phone. And instead of three or six probes, they now have one probe. Once they're familiar with universal scanning on a probe, we're putting the same chip in a patch. That allows a physician to send a patient home and monitor them chronically. So we're going from probe, which you're familiar with, to patch, which is new, to ultimately a pill that you swallow. That's really the key about putting things on a semiconductor chip. 
Definitely, definitely. Sounds like you're just moving up the ladder. I like how it's kind of more of a ladder approach. Just keep kind of building on the product. One of the things that I wanted to mention, of course, 5G is definitely coming into play. Can you explain to me how 5G is going to also help you push the limits here? 5G is critical with Butterfly because Butterfly is not just about a physician using the probe. During COVID, we had tens of thousands of people that we were helping around the world. And often the person holding the probe in Europe was a patient themselves. In the United States was a nurse practitioner and they were being guided by augmented reality on their cell phone. And if you wanna be guided by augmented reality, you better have a fast connection. Perfect. So, you know, it, we could talk butterfly all day. This technology just looks so exciting, but we do have another company to dive into. So let's transition into QuantumSci. First off, got to give congratulations. This deal was completed. We got that announcement yesterday. So we're going to trade now as QSI from Kappa. Also have to say I do own shares of this company. Me too. Um, <laughs> and Mitch does as well. Uh, so first up, you know, this one is a, a little bit maybe tougher for people to understand compared to Butterfly, where you already know about ultrasounds. So give us some background on Quantum Psi and maybe how you would explain this technology and the sector to people who don't know it as well. First of all, this is my sweet spot. The molecules of life, DNA and protein, are what I have personally studied my entire life and what I've published in scientifically. So it's my sweet spot. That said, I know how we keep people out of the field. We keep people out of the field by a complicated vocabulary for something that's very simple. DNA sequencing decodes your genetic code that tells you what will happen in the future, whether you're doing research or diagnostics. If you wanna know what's happening now in your body, whether it's cancer or immunology or any complex disease, you want to know what your proteins are doing. The end molecules of life, the building blocks of life. And so for the first time, we're digitizing the ability to analyze proteins. What that means is just like the analysis of DNA became the most important advance in the last 40 years, that next gen DNA sequencing was voted by physicians and researchers, the most important advance of the last 40 years in healthcare. Being able to analyze proteins in a way that's digital, meaning you can aggregate, you can share information, it's repeatable, allows us to, for the first time, universally look at proteins. Historically, proteins were looked at one at a time after somebody discovered they were important, important in cancer, important in Alzheimer's. But each time you did research or diagnostics, you had to know in advance what you wanted to look for. You don't with DNA next-gen sequencing, and you don't with next-gen protein sequencing. 
or proteomics. You, you can know immediately what's in a sample, how it's changed, how it correlates with response to a medicine, or how it correlates with response to a disease. People have studied proteins and always loved proteins best, but they were never able to put them in a digital form versus an analog form. And that's the revolution. Same revolution that happened in everything you digitized. Perfect. So walk us through a little bit the, the timeline for quantum sci. I see a commercial launch scheduled for 2022, beginning with research use and then expanding from there. Can you just highlight for our viewers the, the timeline for quantum sci going forward? I absolutely can. When we first did DNA sequencing, it was used immediately for diagnostics, but it was used under the authority of the institution that bought the machine versus the FDA. Sometimes that's called an IRB or Institutional Research Board. And I'm saying this because that DNA sequencing we first did at 454 was used to save lives for 11 years before it was an official FDA-approved process, DNA sequencing for diagnostics. Proteomics is following the same path. Don't get scared. It won't take 11 years this time but it will be used pretty much immediately for research and by physician scientists and people that have their own clinical labs for diagnostics, but we'll be selling it for research use only starting in 2022. And this is so important because you give it to the pioneers that develop applications that sell the next thousands of machines. I know this, because our team has done this multiple times with the technology. You give it to researchers who are opinion leaders. They publish on this work. They use this work in a clinical laboratory, and then the rest of the world adopts it. Ion Torrent was so successful so fast, and it was the first DNA sequencing on a chip, and we sold it to Life Technologies, which then sold, was bought by Thermo Fisher, because we gave it first research use only to opinion leaders. Those opinion leaders showed the value of the technology. So while I talk about a commercial launch in 2022, as I'm speaking to you now, we're placing machines throughout the rest of this year with physician scientists that are identifying those key killer applications for single molecule protein sequencing, single molecule analyte analysis, that just means what's in a sample, how it changed, and other single molecule proteomic applications. Again, a buzzword. We wanna understand proteins. We wanna understand it on the ultimate level of sensitivity. We wanna do it on a chip so we can democratize it. We wanna add AI so anybody can use it as opposed to specialized facilities. Perfect. So great breakdown there. One of the things, you know, now being a public company that everyone, of course, wants to know about is what's the market size? So we have a slide in that presentation talking about a market size of $21 billion. 
Um, can you break down for us maybe some of these different markets uh, and how QuantumSci will compete and get revenue in those sectors? I'm going to answer your questions backwards. <laughs> first perfect. of all, first of all, it's a misconception when there's a birth of an industry that it's competition. It really is cooperation. What do I mean by that? Well, we have the world's first single molecule protein sequencing device, the world's first single molecule device that can analyze proteins in a massively parallel way that anybody can use. But other companies like SEER are completely complementary because they're helping people take samples and, and handle them. Other companies uh, like Somalogic completely uh, coexist with us and complement us. So it's really an ecosystem helping people with research and diagnostics in proteomics, all learning from each other. Not time for competition for a while. Uh, in terms of how you look at that $23 billion market, you break it down just like any other market with that classic crossing the chasm chart. You first go to those opinion leaders who understood the last generation technology. Look at our board. We have Marin Decker on our board. Marin Decker was, yes, the CEO of Bayer, but he was also the CEO of Thermo Fisher. And he brought the world the last generation of protein analysis through mass spec. He's on our board now to bring that next generation and go through that 23 billion TAM in a systematic way where you approach the opinion leaders first, they create fantastic content. I mentioned that the reason we put a half a billion dollars in the bank is to have both a platform, the quantum SI platinum instrument, as well as an ecosystem around it. We have something that's called carbon, which allows sample prep to be done in any laboratory. This is, if you will, my third pass at trying to get rid of that complicated laboratory and put it in a box. And we succeeded with carbon. And now with carbon and platinum and our software, we're going to people that already do mass specs. We're going to labs that have sent their samples to mass spec, but now want to get the results themselves. And the beautiful thing with John Stark as our CEO, he has sold to these same people when he was commercializing ION. And we're going to those first 2000 labs, if you will, that are doing research and translational research. We love translational research because instead of doing something once, you create a consumable stream that's used over and over again. So that $22 billion TAM is systematically broken down into that first six to nine months, the next six to 12 months, the next 12 to 18 months. And as I mentioned, whether it's Matt Dyer, who's leading our uh, commercial efforts with, with John or others, uh, Kieran at the team, we've all been doing this for 10 or 20 years. This is our sweet spot. We know these customers both the research and the translational and the clinical.
and we're going to them systematically, supporting them and developing the applications with them, first in the US and then globally. It's a playbook we've done a few times before. Perfect. Uh, another slide from QuantumSci that I found interesting was vertical integration talk. We hear that a lot in other sectors, you know, like automotive um, technology, but talk to us a little bit about how vertical integration is going to help QuantumSci and achieving gross margins, it looks like of 70% or higher. Um, so what's the plans with vertical integration here? It's all about listening to the customer. And when you listen to the customer, they don't wanna go find software. They don't want to have specialized people trained in a laboratory to prepare the sample. What do I mean by that? You have to take a tissue or blood and you have to put it on the machine. Vertical integration just means we give you carbon, which is a laboratory on the chip, to prepare that sample so you don't have to have people with five years of experience and you only need five or 10 minutes hands-on time to prepare the sample. So vertical integration means going from that patient to that answer, physically handling that sample through carbon to prepare the sample, platinum to analyze it on our semiconductor chip that sees single molecules of life, and then a software platform that hasn't just wired in the applications that we think you'll need, your Excel, your PowerPoint, uh, your, your Word, I use that by analogy, but allows others to build their workflow to handle the handling of those pro samples through the process and do exactly the analysis they want. So if they're studying immunology, think how immunology has to change because of COVID-19. We have to understand the long-term effects. We have to be able to treat these patients for the next few years. And we have to understand their immune molecules. So vertical integration means you can create a special kit just for monitoring COVID-19 patients. Another member of our board is Dr. Michael Mina. He's literally the spokesperson for understanding uh, uh, COVID-19. He is now helping guide us to make sure we develop the immunological tools, not just for COVID-19, but think of the revolution that's happening in cancer biology and cancer therapy because of immuno immunotherapeutics. If you look at a company like Novartis, they have 100 plus programs. We need, whether it's a researcher, a translational lab, or a large pharmaceutical, to work with them, to create solutions with them that we can scale together to meet the challenges that we're all seeing in oncology, in immunology. And that's why we have a board now, not only with our SPAC partner who understands the field, uh, Kevin Raken, or people that have invented the field, uh, like uh, Jim Tannenbaum of 10X, who's on our board, but a Marin Decker, who gave us proteomics, if you will, when he was at Thermo Fisher, and a, a Michael Mina, 
who can help us navigate the future of not only the research world we're entering, but that clinical and laboratory medicine world that needs single molecule proteomics. Definitely. All right. So the next area that I want to get into is our scalable platform, right? And so one of the things that I've been looking at is going into 2022 and 23. You know, one of the things that we talk about a lot on SPACs Attack is that this is our long-term approach of investing in kind of a platform. So can you uh, explain how scaling into whole uh, product? Uh, how, did I, how did you say that? I'm, I'm over here. Proteomes is okay. Proteomes. Like I said, we keep there you go. Everything you got to learn, right? No, if I didn't, if you didn't know the words, I could keep you out of the field. Oh, I know. I know. I'd have to start learning myself. <laughs> All right. So I, I want to correct a, a, a common misconception. When mm -hmm. we first did DNA sequencing, people thought we were going faster than Moore's law. And what we were doing was just keeping up with Moore's law. And so at ION, when we had a density of four sequences on the end of a human hair, we were using a fab from the 1990s. When we wanted to do a $1,000 genome, we just went to a newer foundry. At Butterfly, we do the same thing. Our Butterfly IQ Plus is way better than the IQ. We're basically catching up to Moore's law. At Quantum SI, we're doing exactly that same thing. And so we're able to increase our density much faster than people would suspect if they thought we were waiting for Moore's law. But we're basically navigating our way through the last 10 years of foundries as we scale. And you have to start that way. Now, our first applications, you may think you have 50 or 100 proteins you want to study, and that's focused and great. And that's what we do first. And that was, is really what made ION so successful commercially, what we call these panels. I'm interested in cancer. I'll look at the cancer genes. I'm interested in immunology. I'll look at the immunology. And our first chips are perfect for that. But as we catch up with Moore's Law, and we can do more in parallel, you can go from asking a specific question, is that immune regulator that I know of up or down in the person's disease? Do they need the specific immunotherapy? To asking questions more broadly, why is this person sick? Why isn't this person responding to a medicine? what's happening in their COVID infection. So as you go up in Moore's Law, which we're doing over the next few years, and which we did with DNA, you get to go from asking specific questions to open-ended questions, which are much more powerful. Awesome. Well, I think that's going to do it for our questions. Uh, before we let you go, you know, we talked about two great companies here. You know, we went one after the other. I didn't give you a chance to really, you know, do anything in between. Is there anything you'd like to add um, about these companies or the, the SPAC market in general for our viewers here? Uh, I, I, absolutely. Two things. First, Anything I've talked about today is only because I've been blessed with having people that are empowered 
that join us and have a sense of purpose at Butterfly and Quantum SI. So they really are people that are passion-driven, purpose-driven, and it means something when the New York Times put Butterfly on the front uh, of the New York Times because this is what they want to do. They want to bring equity to healthcare. That's the first thing. Uh, on SPACs, it really is an amazing time because you can find a partner and you can have the resources to create an industry. And Quantum SI is creating an industry. Look, it's inevitable. Seven years from now, when you go to your doctor, they will be doing single molecule proteomics to diagnose you, to treat you, and the medicines you take will have been developed with single molecule proteomics from, from Quantum SI and the, and the industry. And it's SPACs that allowed us to put a half a billion dollars in the bank. In the case of Quantum SI, it was a hundred plus million dollars from the SPAC. And it was that diligence from 20 or more people like Kathy Wood's team, uh, like Foresight's team, that allowed us to put another 425 million in the bank. So we can leverage Moore's Law, we can develop those applications, and we can save the life of somebody I love and you love. Yeah, definitely. You know, one of the things I want to point out is what you pointed out in your first thing about purpose. There's nothing really like having people with purpose. Um, when you have purpose, you, you find that word progress. And that's really what keeps us going. Um, and the last thing I want to say is a thank you for definitely, you know, advancing these technologies that are not only going to help the United States, but also help the world. Thank yeah, no, you. I'd... you get... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, just thank you. I love your program. Uh, lo love the questions. And thanks to the team. One more thing. My daughter, my daughter uh, Gabriella Rothberg, on uh, the 14th, will ring the opening bell of the NASDAQ. Yes, that's awesome. That's That's got to be a, a great thing to watch as, as a dad. So awesome to hear. Uh, I'll put that on our calendar. We'll definitely be watching for that. And we'll try to give a shout out on the show that day. Um, you know, and also, uh, Dr. Jonathan Rothberg here, feel free to come back. We'd love to hear, you know, maybe when Hyperfine gets that SPAC deal, uh, you know, and we can have you back on to talk, you know, about that company. So that's going to do it, though. A uh, big shout out, guys, uh, for tuning in again, Dr. Jonathan Rothberg. He's the founder of Butterfly Network, which went public via SPAC. That ticker is BFLY and also the founder of QuantumSci, which recently completed its SPAC merger. Ticker is C-A-P-A, -A, changing over to Q-S-I. Thank you again for taking time out of your busy schedule and joining us on SPACs Attack. We look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. That old Mutrick. My face says it all. You made, it, you the, you made it. it till the end of the show, though. That's that's impressive. <laughs> a new world record. All right. No, no, no. But honestly, honestly, I mean, guys, we can't get better than we've been doing lately. I feel like we've really been on point. Picking the day that we got the merger vote to get through, I'm still watching this stock right now. It looks like we're going to probably be trading and switching over tomorrow, Chris. 
it's super exciting. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I honestly was was kind of taken back. I thought I knew the company and I realized more that, man, I just want to keep looking into this company, doing more research. So I don't know what you thought about the, the interview, Chris, but definitely that's what got me going. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, we could have gone all day, right? We had two great companies to talk about, you know, that are revolutionizing industries. I mean, this is insane. You know, you have a portable ultrasound. You heard it from Dr. Jonathan Rothberg. They went to space last week, right? So they're able to get into hospitals. They're able to get into emerging markets where there aren't ultrasounds. They're able to go to space. You heard him say, you know, that his kids are able to use this portable ultrasound just from their their phone and the probe. I mean, this thing is is going to change the industry. And then quantum sci, you know, uh, proteomics, you know, what a great field. We've heard so much about genomics. And, and here you have kind of the, the spinoff of that that could be an even bigger market. I mean, these are two great companies. I am Long Kappa. I've, been, I've looked at Butterfly for a long, long time. I'm just trying to time my entry. Someone in the chat said, I think it was Sue, that you you know, you know set these stocks and forget about them until 2025. I, I've got to agree. You know, These are companies that are going to be great in a couple years as they scale, as they grow market share, you know, as they really get adopted within their fields. So two exciting companies. And also, you heard it from Dr. Jonathan Rothberg, right? He's got more companies. And how are they going to go public? Most likely SPACs, right? So for all this hate that SPACs get, here's someone who founded, you know, over 10 companies. He's a leader in the industry. His companies are going to go public via SPAC because that's what makes sense as far as partnerships and funding. So, you know, that's something to keep an eye out on here. But great, great interview. Great questions, uh, you know, to you as well, Mitch. And it looks like the chat enjoyed this. Um, I know there's some people that are long both of these shares out there. So uh, a great show today, Mitch. Yeah, definitely. You got to be happy to, to get an interview like this, especially when we can get so in depth. One of the things that I always love, and I don't do this often, guys. Uh, I can tell you guys, I probably have only done it uh, on a handful of times uh, where I've actually looked at a company, looked at a CEO or founder and bought into a company just because the way that they feel, I, I get a feeling from them that they understand not only their industry, but how other companies are trying to advance in that industry. And so with this, like he mentioned, I loved, I loved how he mentioned it's not a competition. It, it, it's, it's something that we need to work together to get towards that next level because if we can work together and, and you see this often in kind of new industries, it, it's like he said, it's not a competing first. First, you guys want to try to help each other grow because if you can help each other grow, then you both get to that next level in kind of the revolution. So definitely, definitely look out for this. And also, like you mentioned, look out for those other companies too and seeing how they're kind of developing also this how they develop could also help this company. And so I, I want to keep an eye on that. Um, let's talk a little bit about BFly. BFly is is something that, to tell you the truth, I mean, it's going to come to the point where it, this is going to probably look back. And and, and, and I, I don't want to go crazy here, but this is th these kind of uh, devices really – really changed the world. I, I don't want to go so crazy and you guys thinking I'm trying to hula, but really just think about it. I mean, think about what it potentially could be doing and how it could really be in, in, in all over the world, especially, especially in places that have been struggling to advance their technology. Why? 
because of the cost, right? And so the cost is, is, is differentiated here and, and it's brought back down to get them way past the level that they were even probably looking at. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that technology advance, not just for the stock price itself, but for humanity itself. Yeah, and Mitch, I think the key there, you know, to all that you just said, right, is that C word that uh, Jonathan talked about, convenience. So, you know, when I think about this this company sending a, a device to space, you know, it's convenience. Uh, when you look at emerging markets, you know, these countries that maybe don't have these large scale hospitals, you know, it's convenient for them. Think of when we have, you know, natural disasters and we have these pop up, you know, tents from the Red Cross, you know, and, and different things to treat people instead of taking these bulky ultrasound machines, you know, through the terrain into a tent. Why not use a device like this? So, you know, that's something to look forward to, too. Mitch, before we go, I'm just wondering if you can pull up on Benzinga Pro PSTH Pershing Square. Someone mm. dropped this in the chat. It looks like we have some news out from the company or actually from a partner of Universal Music. So Artisan, it looks like, is opposing the plan by Vivendi to sell the UMG stake to the Ackman SPAC. That news coming dun, dun, from dun. Bloomberg. And Artisan saying that a full spinoff of UMG would be more tax efficient. Remember, as I said on the show, Vivendi is voting on this June 22nd. Today's June 10th. There's some time in between for maybe the deal to get renegotiated. Otherwise, there's a chance that this vote doesn't go through and Pershing doesn't end up with a piece of UMG. So this is something to watch out for, right? I said this on the show that the deal was not official. They still had to vote. So... We'll see what happens, but keep that on your uh, radar. Maybe Pershing Square doesn't get universal after all. Well, guys, before we get on out of here, definitely smash the like if you like that interview right above me. You guys see it. Hit the like. And below me, shameless plug, if you want that Benzinga Pro and you need a discount, YouTube 20. Check it out, guys. We'll see you next time, guys, on the SPACs Attack. Power Hour coming up next. You guys already know where the hype is. I got Hot Stocks Luke just waiting in the back. You guys check him out. I think he's had some energy drinks. Bye, you everyone. already know what happens. <laughs>